I love that the trend in clothing now is about like unbothered luxury. Well, that is why you need to check out Quince. It is a game changer. I now have a wardrobe of luxury essentials that a transition from one occasion to the next. I look like a classy lady and I stay on budget. There are 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50. Are you kidding me? Also, I love their organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops that look good on everybody. And now they have timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. I love their cashmere. It is so soft and the quality is amazing. The gray one that I've had for years still looks brand new, but I've added different colors to them this season because who doesn't love fabulous cashmere? Also, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash juicy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash juicy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash juicy. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Heather McDonald has got the juices scoop. When you're on the road, when you're on the go, Juicy Scoop is the show to know. She talks Hollywood tales for real life, Mr. Segment, serial data, and serial sister. You'll be addicted and addicted fast to the number one tabloid real life podcast. Listen in, listen up. Woo woo. Heather McDonald. Juicy Scoop. Hello and welcome to Juicy Scoop. I have one of my return new favorites, but an old favorite of mine, Brad Wallach. Welcome back to Juicy Scoop. Thank you, Heather, for having me back. And, tell, and... tell everybody, tell the nice things you're saying about the Juicy Scooper before, the Juicy Scoopers before we began. So well, they I can... was saying just what a positive reaction I got the last time I was on and how people were just happy to hear me again, know that I'm still alive and that I'm still here from the Chelsea Lately days. But then also new people came and were like, oh, we love you. You're so funny. And they love that... I was non-PC and I'm like, was I non-PC? And I guess I was saying to you earlier, I said, I guess the way we talk about this stuff, it, it isn't like normal people. And I guess we say things that are, would be considered non-PC. But anyway, you have great anyway, fans. Anyway, I just, I'm glad you can appreciate coming to Woodland Hills from the West Side. Yes, Thank you. of course. Thank you for not valley shaming me. I, I appreciate it. Honestly. And you know, there's a Target right across the way. If you have to get anything, you can go to the village. Yeah, Whatever we, you need. We had a well, nice sushi lunch the last time. We did. <laughs> we did. But a little suspect. But uh, <laughs> yeah, stop it. It was good. It was don't good. be such. I just said I hadn't been there a long time because I don't really go to lunch. I usually bring a Trader Joe's salad, oh. which is also right across the street. Um, let's talk about the Britney Spears book. It's out October twenty fourth. Wow. I mean, there's so much stuff. There's so many stories that have been leaked. Oh my god, she must have taken forever to write this herself. She said, you're, she, listen, I had a conversation with Cade Hudson. Cade Hudson? Cade. Who's Cade? He is a man and he is her manager. <laughs> and I talked you... to him at, I talked to him at Craig's about a month ago. And I, he told me this book, had, the pre-orders were up to 
like I want to say, and I'm just going to say I don't, I can't verify this complete memory, but I want to say the pre-orders were up to nine million. That's what he told me. That's insane. Is it? Wouldn't that be like the the top selling book ever? I don't know. Pre-sales of nine million. What well, maybe it, he predicts it'll make you nine wrote, million. When, when, when you wrote, uh, "You'll never blue ball in this town yes. again." How many pre-orders did you get, Heather? <laughs> you know what though, I I I did well on it. I don't think I ever made like any extra check from it, mm-hmm. but it did sell a lot of books. And I remember it was the second week that I made the bestseller list. Yeah, well, there you go. But and nine million is insane. Pre-orders are the way to go. That's why I love to have authors on before because uh-huh. I'm like, let's get your pre-orders up. That's because if you right? don't, yeah, if you, especially if you're, and especially if you're a celebrity, because like, it, you know, all the articles come out, all the podcasts come out. And if you're not a big reader, then you're like, well, now I know everything. I know all the scoop. Well, that's, so that, why would I buy it? So you have to get them to pre-order. Yeah, so that no, you you're can absolutely make right. Because everything yeah. now with Britney, and then I know we'll, we'll talk about Jada and everything. It's like, they, they reveal everything in the book. So why the hell would I want to buy it? So People has the exclusive interview. And the cover of this magazine, there were some comments saying, what is this? It looks like an AI thing where they took her face from something else. She obviously didn't do a shoot at the beach. She hasn't. <laughs> in a flowery She dress. hasn't left the, you know, her travertine no. Cheesecake Factory foyer <laughs> in months. And so she, you know, and when the times that she's been rolling around in the sand, people wasn't there. No. But, okay. So here are all the big bombshells from it um first of all can we just discuss yes. who who was her ghostwriter who wrote this she her? said she wrote it herself she no, of obviously course she has a, she has a helper yeah, of course sure. she did and yeah. you know how annoyed that helper was they would get there and they're like, okay so Brittany, tell me about this and she okay y'all now wait, it's time you, for me to go dance wait you, you know, wait, let me go do a video you go people are i'm not whatever we we are making fun okay but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be her and you're gonna be the ghostwriter okay okay so just ask me some questions we're like on chapter three wow so Brittany, when you started dating justin um what was the initial reaction from your family um you know i i just wanted i was just so mad because i just i don't know if you know but i could never go and drive my car and get coffee I just wanted to get coffee and go to the spa with my friends, and they would not let me. Uh, I'm so, so the story is that you wanted coffee, or the story is I wanted Justin? coffee. Everyone was mean. Justin, I mean, I adored him, but then like we weren't gonna, you know, we broke up, and then he wrote a song about Crimea River. And the truth is, you know, so now here's the bombshell. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to make fun of it, but that's what I think it was. I think it would be a lot of off track. Blah 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 blah. I know. Oh, I got pregnant, and he wanted an abortion. Anyway, that, you know. yes. <laughs> so she did get pregnant, and she did say she had an abortion with Justin's baby, and she said, um, he said he just wasn't be ready to be a father yet. But if it was up to me, I wouldn't have done it. Well, it is up to you. Unfortunately, you no, know, it, it is wouldn't. up to you, and it's like. So that I don't want to really get into that because that's a like sensitive subject. But she does say she regrets it. So he's oh, probably I don't think abortion is a sensitive <laughs> subject, Heather. I don't. Th- I think people are. No, that's a sensitive. Subject. So I mean, he's probably freaking out. Of course, when they broke up, he did "Cry Me a River" was the song he did. It was now you know people are putting the pieces together. They really do think he like threw her under the bus. Not only you know. Whatever. Did he get her pregnant and didn't want to have a, be a dad? But then he did the video that made it appear and the words that made it that she cheated. 
And um, so people were pro him. But did he do all this to facilitate his own? That's right when his own career was launching. I'm sure. Yeah. And then, of course, he did the Nipplegate with um, Janet Jackson. And he's also cheated on Jessica Biel in which after he cheated. Allegedly. No, that is all true. That's confirmed. Yeah, I think it's pretty confirmed. <laughs> You're going through your legal notes. Is I have, I do have so many notes. No, it was confirmed. And when they um, got is that back, in Britney's book? No, but you know I, he also cheated on Jessica. No, but I all but he had uh, this was part of it for Justin. I just was uh, brought this up. He had an infidelity clause that he signed after they were discovered. It was like he was with some girl on I'm a sorry. balcony. An infidelity clause in his like a post. A post-marriage agreement with an infidelity clause ensuring that she would receive most of their assets and primary custody of their children if he were to cheat. And oh. so anyway, they're back going strong. Does Peter have one of those? Do you have one of those with Peter? <laughs> no, but I remember I have said, I remember being at Chelsea lately and Chelsea saying, what would you do if Peter cheated? And I said, I'd definitely divorce him because he's just not that he doesn't bring much else to the table. I mean, he's, I mean, so, it's, I, I mean, what am I hanging on to? I don't know. I just, I think the trust is just for me to just be like, I think that would be really hard for me to be like, is everything a lie? Is everything an illusion? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I understand other people can look the other way. I think sometimes it's if you were raised with like a cheating dad whose mom stayed with him, then you might be more accept. Mm-hmm. You might accept it more if you, if your man has a helicopter. If we're at a level of wealth. That I could look the other way, yeah. then maybe. But no, not for me. Not for me. So, I'd be so. I'd be. So, I'd, I'd be, be like. Okay. I'd, I'd be done. I'd be okay if Shannon cheated like with your wife. Shannon. Yeah, Shannon, my wife. If she cheated with like, she always is. So we see Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers around our neighborhood a lot, and 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 he always like makes eyes at her, and she's like, he's looking at me, he's checking me out. I go, you know what? If you left me for a rock star, I'd be totally okay with that. I, for some reason, I don't know why, like, I would be like, okay, I get it. You know, he's famous, he's rich, he's talented and everything. Like, there's only so much I bring to the table. I have a nasally voice. I'm a, you know, <laughs> middling comedian. You know, it's just like, there's not much. So I would get it. I don't know. I think we have to have Because I'm such it. a selfless mother, I would be completely fine if Peter wanted to leave me for a much wealthier woman. hmm so that my kids could benefit. Yes. And they could pri- fly private and be part of all these different golf courses. Or maybe <laughs> she comes from a very prominent family in which the kids would get immediately into better schools or into uh, uh, jobs, buy them businesses. I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. And I'd be fine if he, I was ready for him to go to his 40th um, high school reunion. He was all set to go when I went to perform with Chris in San Francisco. And I was ready for the marriage to end. I was ready for him. You thought him. Peter was going to go to his 40th and, and, and fall hook up with some... I was, he was on the swim team. I was ready for a <laughs> swim team girl to show up, still fit, and they reminisce. And I'm like, I'm and, ready and for what, it. And what actually happened? Well, what actually happened was I called him and I'm like, why aren't you in San Diego meeting the love of your life <laughs> for the second chapter? Like, 
So you start, you know, exchanging well, numbers. Well, because he, he looked and he realized he none of them go. have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, I can't. What would be the what point? What would of be being? the point? Yeah. Yeah. He thinks he can make another Heather McDonald. <laughs> exactly. He can't. No. No, he, he was home. Exactly. Home with Brandon him. hanging out. I'm like, what are you doing? You should have abandoned our younger son and been looking for your second wife. Yeah. Free weekend in San Diego. Drake's like, well, I guess you're stuck with him all for now. For now. Um, Anyway, yeah. So, okay, getting back to Britney Spears. So we have that. She said, um, I became a robot, but not just a robot, a sort of child robot. I had been infantized for so long. I was losing pieces of myself. That is part of the reason why she shaved her head. She was like, I just want control of something in my life. Kind of the way I believe, like, maybe an anorexic. Do you you really believe she was able to put all that thought together based on everything we've seen? from her over the last several years, the Instagram videos, everything. She's like not coherent. She's not even there. So to be able to sit there and go and, and really be so introspective about like well, why she did something, I, I just don't, I don't buy it. Well, I think- she, listen, when I talked to Cade, I said, <laughs> I would love for her to come on Juicy Scoop. Did he ever think about changing his name? Cause Cade <laughs> Hudson is a little too similar to Kate Hudson. And I, I agree. And I said, I said, I know there's no way, like, uh, you know, I'd love to have her Juicy Scoop. I know there's no way. Um, and he's like, yeah, do you have, you know, the millions and millions of dollars that are being thrown on her to do a sit down interview, but she will not understandably. So she's not in a place. I go, remember when she did that one, you know, who's desperate for her to do that interview? Cade. (laughs) Cade hasn't made the Britney money yet. He's, he's, he's must be relatively new. No, on he's not. Team. Oh, on her team, yes. So he's, but he, he hasn't he hasn't reaped the benefits of the big Britney success. So he's well, looking for the this. Listen, is, he's cashing in on on her he, downfall. If he was the one that brokered this book, he's going to be set. Maybe he's going to be set. Apparently, they're bringing Crossroads back into the movie theaters because she talks about Crossroads. Oh, interesting. And she said she was, you know, she thought she was would be into acting. But she understood the method acting. This is where it kind of sounds like, you know, where her mental illness comes to play. She couldn't, like, get out of the character. Like, once she was in the character, she couldn't, like, put it away. So she didn't really enjoy the acting that much. Um, I hate when people say that. That they can't put it away? No, but I I think for her maybe- I was so in the character. I just couldn't separate. You're You're an actor. You're reading lines. Get over it. Well, that's what I'm saying. She's not- She's saying about it. Um, she said the dad, everyone was uh, obsessed with her body. I remember where I was when I first heard about Britney Spears and Ryan Seacrest had her mom on the phone and was like, oh my God, let's talk about your daughter. Wow. And she, and I remember he's like, she's in this little schoolgirl uniform. And I remember driving being like, and the mom's like, yeah, isn't it great? And I'm like, what is this? And then I see she's in the little Catholic school uniform dancing around and how everybody was dying because it was such a perfect sexual fantasy for everybody from mm-hmm. a, from a man to a kid to a whatever. And so, yeah, from a very, from she the very beginning. She was underage at that time, though. Oh, yeah. She? yeah. she was like 16 And then there something? was always like, did she get a boob job? Everyone was wondering, did she get a boob job or was she so young and the boobs perked? To this day, we don't know. And I remember my sister like went to go see Crossroads and was like, I definitely think she got a boob job. Like everyone is still was still speculating on a girl. Well, that have was... we looked at Jamie Lynn and seen and compared? 
Well, no, wouldn't that be siblings? Who knows? Most like, people go, have gotten... Oh, well, the, 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 her breasts are like that, then her breasts are... Pro-. No, does I, that not work like that? The point of the story is people <laughs> like yourself were speculating on it and going, should we look at the little sister? It's creep. <laughs> it's creep. Right, you make it sound like she's a little, re- si- little sister is an adult. Okay? And you remember where we were. When we heard oh my God. that the well, little sister was pregnant, Zoe 101 was pregnant. Let me tell you And something. also, I kind of think it's interesting now, her reaction being that she did, you know, have a teen pregnancy, Brittany. And I remember they stopped her and she was already at the gas stations, barefoot, doing her weirdness. And they're like, what about your sister being pregnant, Brittany? And she's like, she's not pregnant. That's not true. So we all didn't think it was true. And then it was towards the end of a day. At Chelsea lately, when the news was confirmed and Jamie Lynn said, "Yes, I am pregnant," it was it was our nine eleven. It was we we I I remember I because I was doing business school at the time, so I had I would do the mornings at Chelsea lately the afternoon, and then I'd the the afternoon and evening I would go to class. Yeah, and I remember I went and like I was leaving and I was driving the car and it came out and I turned my car back around to come back to the studio. I skipped class that night because I was like, this is an emergency. This is our 9-11. We, we must we report We stayed on it. and then we're like, what are we going to do for the cold open? And we literally filmed a sketch that was like chaos in a newsroom. Like yep. things were body. We had like a dummy being thrown yep. through. We did all this funny stuff of everyone like, wah, 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 like an alarm system going. We had the time of our lives. Um. Okay. Yeah, maybe I hope they get along more later on. Okay, let's see. What else did she say? Um, yeah, I just I think those were the the big things that that shaved her head to have control. The dad fat shamed her. She had uh, daiquiris with her mom from yeah, the eighth grade was, on. I like a fresh banana daiquiri. Personally. Actually, reading about it, I was like, I think this is kind of fun. So they would have to go, you know, from from wherever they lived, Mississippi, then to Florida for Louisiana, the Louisiana, right? Louisiana, yeah, Louisiana to then go do the the kids show. Yeah, and then when they would relax, they would make daiquiris, and so she would have a daiquiri with her mom. Which I don't, I know it's bad because she was only like thirteen, but for some reason I'm like, it's the same. Why don't I make more daiquiris? Well, I was literally like, why don't I make more daiquiris? What they transport daiquiris you to the are tropics, rums, right? It's it's, it's rum. rum and fruit and ice and I used it's to yummy. order like a virgin daiquiri oh, totally. all the time, totally. like on vacations at restaurants, all that stuff when I was younger. Um, so that was. Let me see if there was anything else with this. Just kind of. I feel like I'm missing a page. Anyway, it. what else was there? Um, oh, she also said this. I thought this was good, whether this was the ghostwriter or her. Think of how many male artists gambled all their money away, how many had substance abuse or mental health issues. No one tried to take away their control over their bodies and money. I didn't deserve what my family did to me. That's an, like, directly from the memoir. I totally agree. I mean, think about Robert Downey Jr., how many chances he got. Mm-hmm. He's the only person that could play Iron Man. Like, you know, I mean, I think he's cool, but like, come on. He's a super nice I mean, guy. I'm sure he is. But I'm just like, you're right. It's so much of the men around her controlling her. So she shaved her head. That was my way of pushing back. Um, I had to go to bed early after this. Had to go to bed early and take whatever medications they told me to take. And then she's like, if I was so fucked up, I think it's so funny about all the awards that I did win during that time. And... um, 
you know, so but, so I I I will definitely get the book. But she, oh, and now, so and then also, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, but now she's free, and all she does is do Instagram dancing videos, right? So and, like, like you're and, not like I was so oppressed, and now I'm still just stuck in my house doing these. And does she own a pair of pants? I mean, it's everything <laughs> is in a bikini bottom or whatever. It's just like I don't know. Get it together, Brittany. She um. The audio is going to be by Michelle Williams, Oscar winner Michelle Williams. And, you know, and people are like, what's that about? I'm like, everyone. Is that because Brittany couldn't read it herself? I'm sorry. That's mean. No, listen, it is it's definitely I've done the audio version of it's a hard. book. I think if I was to do one now, I would be like, I don't care if I stumble on words. I'm not redoing it. But back when I did it, they're very strict about you know, and you're reading it and you're doing really remember, well. And I, then you, yeah. in, oh, right. We did, did it for, for the lies that Chelsea Handler told yeah. me. And also I did it. I was the voice of, of Chewy's voice for his little <laughs> book. That, it, it is a ch- <laughs> like it was a challenge. I don't know how strict they, I, I think it's dumb to be super strict about it now being that everyone has a podcast. Why can't you just read it, add stuff. But I think like legally it has to be exactly the words or something. And, and so people were speculating why her, are they friends? Is this a favorite? No, it's a huge fucking fat paycheck. Yeah. And everyone thinks, oh, someone Michelle like Williams Michelle is a single mom. She needs the money. We've been on strike for a year. Like yeah. she probably is like, sure, I'll do it. Like from my house, someone comes and I'm. she's probably like, I'm totally curious. I'm dying to read the book. Yeah. Let me do it. But I do think it's interesting to just hear like, because I remember when I first got my book, I was like, well, I would like to do the audio. And Back then, they they were like, no, we're going to get a professional audio reader, you know? And I'm like, well, then forget it. Then I'm not allowing it. And then when the book was a bestseller, they're like, okay, we'll let you do an abridged version. I'm like- well, It's just so silly to me that comedians are the best. You know I who, know. You know who re- released just audiobook was David Spade. Yeah. And it was the best because it's basically like an hour of, you know, it, it's his stand-up, right. you know, and, and everything. And he's reading it. And, and he never actually released a hard copy. He's like, I'll just do the audiobook, And it's so much better. Right. And so, I mean, what will be so interesting is if she actually, because she's such a great actress, takes on the persona of Britney reading it. That's what I would hope. If we're going to have an Oscar winner, I don't want it just to be the way I just read it, you know, yes. like this line. You want her to over go, the past hey, fi- Over the past 15 years, or even the start of my career, I sat back while people spoke about me and told my story for me. Okay. So, or, or it could be, over the past 15 years, <laughs> and even at the start of my career, I sat back while people spoke about me and told my story for me. Well... After getting out of my conservatorship, I was finally free to tell my story without consequences from the people in charge of my life. I would buy that. It better be that. It better be that. And it better not just be her. Yeah, no, if you're an actress. Reading it like she was reading to her kids. Exactly. Put put some work into it. Put some effort into it. So, I mean, lots of juicy books out right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So then, okay, now I would like to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is late in life lesbianism. I am currently wearing my shirt, which you can buy, late in life les, juicy scoop It's a great shirt. Everything at heathermcdoll.net. 
The latest is Sophia Bush dating recently divorced um, Ons, what is that? U.S. Women's National Tennis. Star Ashlyn Harris. Was Ashlyn married to a man, too? Wait, she's tennis or soccer? No, she's soccer, right? No, it's tennis. She's a tennis player. Wait a minute. Yes. It's soccer. I thought it was tennis. It's soccer. I think Sophia likes tennis more than she likes soccer. Wait a minute. Okay, hold on. After being friends for years and running maybe in the same circles. Maybe it's soccer. I'm going to read it to you. After being friends for years and running in the same social circles, Sophia, who's an actress, and Ashlyn went out on their first dinner date a couple of weeks ago. This is recent. They're both beginning new chapters. They're both getting divorced. Harris to a woman, Sophia to a man. Exactly, exactly. Harris is 37. She filed from filed for divorce from her wife. They have two kids. Pro soccer player, Allie. Ah. So... Oh, the wife was a pro soccer yes. player. Yes, and then Bush, who was called, who calls herself a lifelong soccer fan, is also an investor in the LA-based Angel City FC. What does that stand for? Football club. That oh, was the dead giveaway. It, Anyone who invested in that, you're like, oh, maybe you're a lesbian. I'm kidding. Yeah, but no, you're not. Okay, ha- and has been friends with her for a year, announcing her support. Okay, so they, I guess she was friends with both of them, it sounds like. And then her, Sophia's ex, Grant, were friends for 10 years and bonded during covid I think COVID romances, I mean, I feel like a lot of COVID romances are dying now. Mm-hmm. They got together during COVID. They thought this is great. And now that they can go to any restaurant they want, <laughs> mask-free, With whenever they want. They want. Yes. Yeah, right. I like The other day I went to Trader Joe's and you know how they have like a, a you know, the thing to wipe the- Yeah, yeah, the, the carts. No one was using You didn't use it? No, I don't oh. give a fuck. That's so funny. I used that even before the pandemic. I think I did before the pandemic too. And then I was like, how how could how could anyone not? How can I even do this? And now I'm but your like, your hands don't feel gross afterward. Like I don't yeah. care. That's so interesting. I think that's why I have such a great immune system. Well, but I have a great immune system well, whatever. too. And I and I'm the I'm just, opposite. I'm just saying. I was like, I'm purposely not going to wipe this fucking thing down because I'm just. As I walk through the valley of death, here I come. I don't care. I'm doing it. Well, I'm anyway. glad someone's enjoying Sophia's bush. Very good. Oh. And they said, can we call them Harry Bush oh. as their love name? That was a- Well, Harris, Harry, Harry Harris bush. bush. Harris well, Bush. Well, how do you think this happened, though? Do you think- I, I, have a th- I heard a theory from well, please, a, from a friend. It. Is your friend straight or gay? Straight. Okay. A girl or a boy? A boy. Okay. He's my he's my business partner, Tom. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Tom Brunell. Okay. Tom Brunell. His theory, yes, was that uh, they were friends, and Ashlyn kind of really put the put the moves on hard for Sophia, and uh, it, she instigated it. And Sophia's like, okay, you know. I like I said, love a late in life lesbian story. Yeah. I think you know. It, it, she could go back to guys who knows they could end up together. They could be just friends. They could be using this just like Kyle of Real Houses of Beverly Hills might be using the Morgan Wade thing to get people talking. That was a t- something that just came up where they said, is it, uh, they said an insider said she's using it for a juicy storyline. So I said, well, I am not the insider, <laughs> even though I said juicy storyline. And I go back and forth. I don't know if Kyle is a little bit lesbian light. I think they or, like playing this game. Or what? Yeah. It's okay. I think everyone's a lesbian now. And I think we're going to see more of it. And I think there are some people um, who- 
Definitely. Yeah. No, I think who who realized that any whether it's man, woman, whatever, you come out as something. It is an attention thing, and I'm not saying that they're not truly a lesbian or gay or whatever, but like there is so much fluidity now and going back and forth, and it's not. It's it is a it is a publicity bomb. Well, you get a you get a spike if Juicy Scoop tanks. I will go to Peter's 45th reunion, and I will get with an old lesbian swimmer. Oh, that's... And leave Peter for someone that used to be on a swim team in San Diego. No, that's too bad. I hope I don't They're have to do big. that. I don't... Well, no, she'll be older. Natalie Holloway. We now know what happened. Um, Jordan Van Der Sloot, who we knew did it. He was already in prison for killing another girl. This happened in 2010. She went on her high school graduation trip with her friends and went off with some guys, but they didn't know, they had no evidence, they didn't find her body. Um, and according to this indictment, Holloway's mother actually wired 15000 to a bank account in the Netherlands tr- because he said, I'll tell you where she is. So he's in trouble for that. Oh, like yeah. for the wire, like, wire you know, fraud. Yeah. Um, but he has finally um, stated that he did um, bludgeon her to death. I wonder why now he just said, oh, fine. I know, because he says he's a born-again Christian, and he actually is sorry for the crime. Interesting. I mean, he's going he to found... spend the rest of his life in prison. So you might he as was well already come... in prison for yeah. this other girl he killed. So you might as well just And it was like, clean. you know, I think it was so weird for people because he came from money. He was good-looking, you know, fr- f- just, but yeah. murders coming all shapes and sizes and backgrounds and all of it. it Does but that it mean we can t- now just put this case to rest? Yeah, and remember there was and a move mo- on to Jean Benet. Well, remember there was a moment when Jean Benet's father, after the wife passed away yes. of cancer, was dating Holloway's that's r- mother. That's right. But I don't believe they're still dating today. I looked it up. Trauma dating. Yeah, uh, but they. But then I read this other that's thing. That's a show that we should. They thought pitch. they were dating. They thought they were dating. Then I thought that that they weren't. Um, Brad. I have a great interview that I want to share with the people. Okay. With Miss Pat. Okay. But I still have so much to discuss with you. I know. So we are going to talk more, even the juicier stuff, and it will be on my Friday Patreon I of love Hot it. Topics and Fun. So, Brad, can, but, can I just before we go, yes, my, yes. Yeah, right. Before just, we go, I want you to say where everyone can find you. You and can find you. me at Brad Wallach on Instagram, W O L L A C K. And more importantly, you can find me on Funny Energy, a podcast that I'm doing now. Uh, it's me and a clairvoyant or energy practitioner. We talk to funny comedians. And I've asked you to be on and, I, and you have said no. I did so, not say no. I said I will do it in November. Okay. Because wow. the next couple of weeks I'm super busy okay. with BravoCon and all this other stuff. And then, but November, okay. then I have no more dates. But we have episodes yeah. out now with Natasha Leggero and people are loving it. And oh, and Natasha's coming on Juicy Scoop of course next she week. Of course she is. Yeah, I just I just found out about her from your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm oh. I'm just poaching guests. Yeah, yeah, just poaching yeah. guests that I've known for 22 years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's a fun, fun listen. So funny energy wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for having me, Heather. Yes, come I'm over. Gonna, to, I'm gonna keep harassing you. Go listen you to, come to back. my Friday uh, show on Patreon at HeatherMcDonald.net for more of the juice. And now we can really get into it. All right. I'm very excited to have comedian, podcaster, host of many shows, your own TV shows, Ms. Pat. Welcome. I am so excited for my audience to get to know you better today. 
Well, thank you for having me. I was excited when uh, I got a call. He's like, you're going to do Heather. I was like, okay, I tried many times to get here. No, you haven't. Well, yes, we have. My schedule just wouldn't let us. Oh, okay. So when, when okay, I because I def- I'm saying definitely yeah. no, but nobody's been like, would you like her? And I said no. So I'm glad that it worked out because I, I like to have people in person. So well, Pam have pitched me many times, and but it never lines up. Okay. But it did this time. Good, good. So I want... You have a very interesting background of how your life and your kids. And so let's just get let everyone know how you got to have such a funny point of view on your life, because I think your point of view is very unique. Well, if you're not familiar with me, um, I always like to start from the beginning. I had two kids by a married man by the time I was 15, dropped out of school. Wait, you're married? Grade. Wait. You had two kids by the time you were 15? Yeah, by a married man. I wasn't married. I wasn't oh, married. Oh, where? how did you meet him? Uh, at the skating ring. <laughs> Roller skating. God, I loved roller skating. <laughs> so and so he. he, so wait a minute. So you're in high school. No, I'm not in high school. Uh, At that time, yeah, you had to be in high school. No, I was, it was, I'm 51. So it was no high, was no middle school. So you, you went from elementary straight to high school back in oh, those okay. days in some area. So okay. I was in, I was in elementary school. You were still like up to the eighth grade or whatever, ninth yeah, grade. It, it went to the eighth grade. Okay. And so you're there roller skating around. I went to a, a kid's night, like a Latin night, and yeah. he was there. And how old was he? 22, married with a baby on the way. And so he starts flirting with you. Uh, no, we just, he started coming by the next day, and and we kind of got to know each other. And, you know, I'm this little girl, oh, boyfriend, which is with somebody's whole husband. And I ended up getting pregnant, and uh, I had two, ended up having two kids. Dropped out of school in the Did grade. the woman know about you? Yeah, she knocked on my door and told me I was pr- uh, pregnant by her husband. Which now, what city me. were you growing up in? I grew up in Atlanta. So what did your mom say? Uh, nothing. <laughs> my mom was an alcoholic. I mean, oh. pretty much I raised myself. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, she... One thing I know about life, um, uh, curses are passed down. What happened to my mom, she allowed to happen to me. But when it got to me, I stopped it from happening to my daughter. So generation curses are true. I used to always, I used to tell this bit, uh, if, 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 you, if your mom got welfare, then the child is going to get welfare. The only reason why my daughter don't get welfare is because she's gay and she have no kids. <laughs> so the curse was stopped right there when my daughter decided to eat what she was born with. So there was no need for her to go on, on the system. When did she come out? My daughter? Yeah. Gay? Oh, child, I knew my daughter was gay from ever, from the beginning. You know, yeah. you be in denial, but, you know, my daughter been licking plates the wrong way since she was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> If your child is gay and you fucking, excuse me, I don't know yeah. if I'm cursed, but if you look at the curse, other way, this is very... you are a damn fool. Now, today, kids come out your vagina with a fucking gay flag in their hand. Right. Back then, the flag would fold up nice and neat. But my <laughs> daughter was gay from from day one. I, I, I There was no doubting she was gay. You can look the other way, but you you know yeah you, you know when you, I mean it's the same way when you tell you if, if your child is, is sick or if your child is not feeling well it's the same thing so yeah. you know when your child is not acting a certain way and as she got older, um, and as she got older and she was stuck in that closet. You know, she started to get meaner. She didn't like me because I didn't like gay women. So it was just so many clues there. 
But yeah. I'm fine with her now. I mean, she go through women like we go through lipstick. She's a player. Uh, she's a whore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she's a hoe. <laughs> I told her, I'm glad you gay because you probably will have a lot of kids. Oh, my gosh. You're so. Okay, so. So this girl, so the guy is coming around, and and you have the one baby with him, and then I have another baby one. I had a baby at fourteen, and I had another baby at fifteen. Both by him, yeah, both by him. And was the wife nasty to you? I mean, did she want to like hurt uh, you for coming? Well, out she with was her mad, baby? but when she showed up and realized I was a damn kid, it because she was she probably was nineteen, uh huh, and I was uh fourteen. Wow. So for you to show up and you know. And you see your husband having an affair with a 14-year-old, what do you do? I mean, my whole thing is I thought I was in love. And I wasn't going anywhere. Because I just thought, you know, he said the right thing to me, which is I love you. So I wasn't willing to let go. So eventually she, I ran her off. And I thought I was going to be number one child. Bitches stuff falling out the sky like rain. Well, like, I can't even imagine. So you're this little kid, like, having a baby, and then you took care of your baby yourself yeah. every day. Yeah. So then you couldn't go to school anymore at that point. I could go to school, but, you know, it was more interesting stuff outside of school to do. Yeah. Like sign up for a week, go to doctor's appointments, you know, do motherly shit. So, and then I, my, you know, I, I was, we was really, we was poor, so I needed to take care of this baby. So I had to go get a job. To take care of this baby. As a teenager. As a kid. <laughs> I mean, I just can't even imagine my kids being in that position. They well, would never neither. know what to do. Well, like and then and nobody thought like we need to get the authorities involved because this guy is an adult. Nobody cares when you poor. And see, that's one thing about what society don't realize. They don't care about uh it's not it's really not a race thing when you're poor. You just fucking poor. This could have happened to a little white girl. This could oh, happen yeah. to anybody. But when you when you don't when you don't have the right people around kids or in your life, nobody cares. And nobody damn sure don't care about a little black girl getting pregnant in the seventh grade. Wow. So you manage to have these two kids. How, mm -hmm. how when do you stop having contact with this man so you don't have oh, a third? Years. With I was with him for ten years. So I, I went You were on. with him for ten years. Mm -hmm. Now how did you make sure you didn't have a third baby by him? I had an abortion. Oh, okay. A few miscarriages and a few boys. I just knew what it was costing me to take care of these first two kids and how much I was struggling. I was like, I don't want no more kids. I can't. You know, I had an abortion when I was 16 right after my son. And I just said, I I can't afford it. Yeah. And so uh, I divorced my mom. I became emancipated minor. And I was like, I can't do this. This is just costing me so much. And, you know, and when you go out and fill out an application at 16 years old for a full-time job, and people are like, you're supposed to be in fucking school. So I couldn't really get a job without a work permit, so I became a drug dealer. Oh, my Nobody God. wanted a work permit for that. They just wanted good crack, and good crack is what I had. Now, how did you get, to, how did you get involved in that? It, uh, thank God for Ronald Reagan. He dropped drugs in the black community, as we say. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> According right. to society, the so Reagan. this was like what year? This eighty what? Uh, late eighties. Wow. 80s, we crack the black community about eighty. My daughter was born in eighty six, so by eighty five, eighty six, by eighty eight, I was selling dope. 
And how would you like? How did? Do, how does that work? Like, so you you get it from somebody and you buy a little bit. I took my welfare check at the time, which was two hundred and thirty dollars, and I bought my. I think I can't even remember. I think it used to be called a quarter. Uh huh. It was cost like two hundred dollars back in the day, and you would cut it up and you get four hundred dollars worth of crack out of it, and you just keep doubling it, and that's what I did. And then people just knew or like... Yeah, they, people just knew who Rabbit was because I had my own little trap. Oh, your name was Rabbit? That's my childhood name, yeah. Oh, okay. Drug <laughs> dealers are like rappers. We don't use our government names. Okay. So then like, then people just knew like you'd be at this location at this time. Yeah, all the oh, time. Okay. It's like when you set up a trap, it's like you're a storefront. Okay. And back in those days, people sold drugs with respect. You don't come to my trap. This is my area. So I had my own little area, which was my old neighborhood where I grew up at. And then, but what about the other drug dealers? Did, did they were did they respect you, or did they were they mad that you were doing well, well or I, I was or that you're a pop- woman? Well, I was the most popular drug dealer in the trap, so I didn't have a problem. If you tried to sell, it really didn't affect me because everybody came to look for me. So were you, is that when you realized that you were the funniest drug dealer in town? No, I wasn't funny then. (laughs) No, no, no. What Uh, about just having like a sparkling personality? Like if I'm going to buy, you know, it's just like anything. If I'm going to go to a doctor, if I'm going to go, I want to go to the person that, you know, I have some good convo with. Well, you you can't really make people laugh when they hide because they they don't even see you. All right. So I didn't realize I had such a big personality. I was just outspoken. I said whatever the hell I wanted to say. Okay. And if you laugh, you laugh. I wasn't there for entertainment, but I mean, to me, I was a pretty pretty good damn drug dealer. Comedy came along later. Once I um once um I went through the welfare to work program. I met a caseworker. This is when first time I voted for Bill Clinton because he was cute. So <laughs> <laughs> I went through that program and I met a caseworker, which the caseworker thought that I was a like she was like, "What do you want to go to school for?" Because at the time you had to get your GED or you would lose your benefits or you had to go to work. That was it was welfare to work program. So my caseworker is like, "You dropped out in eighth grade. Why don't you get a GED?" And I was like, I don't, "For what?" And she said, as I went through the GED program, she was like, you're really funny. Why don't you try comedy? I said, what the hell is comedy? And she was like, like Richard Pryor. I didn't even know Richard Pryor was a comedian. I thought he was just a funny-ass actor. And so I started to do some research at the La Welfare Center. And I was like, this man make this kind of money telling jokes? And I was like, shit. (laughs) I tell shit all the time on the phone talking to my girlfriend. So I went to an open mic. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Uh A place called The Pub. And I never stopped. So the first time you got up there, did you have even like notes written down or I'm just going to get up and tell a story or what? I had a joke about my brother being a fat cat burglar. And it was this lady in the audience that was drunk who was acting a fool. So I immediately turned my attention to her and just started talking shit to her. And everybody was crying. Like, I was so nervous. And I was like, this is it. Oh, I can do this. So you do a lot of crowd work still? No. Oh, now you don't. Mm-hmm. I tell a lot of stories. Yeah, me too. I do some crowd work towards the end just to mingle with the audience but I mostly tell a lot of stories about you know how I grew up or being married for 31 years or you know having a just okay life. so then when did you get married 1992 so so had you started comedy yet or no uh no Mm-mm. and who did you marry a nice guy named Garrett and how did you meet him uh actually we went to an open mic night at uh 
It was Bruce. Bruce was the host. He did. So you were doing. Oh, you were just no, watching it. You were just watching. We all went to hang out one night. Oh, but you weren't performing yet. Mm-mm, okay. Mm-mm. I wasn't even on my mind. We just went to go and watch Bruce. Bruce it was lip singing and comedy together. Okay. So we, my, I, my, my friend knew my husband, brother. So we said, hey, we just all go down here and have a good time together, and that's what we did. Uh huh. And then, um, so they got married. Yep, got married at the courthouse and. Uh, my kids needed a father, so and I ended up getting custody of my sister, four kids, raised them for ten years. Gave Wait, that's back. okay. So let's talk about that because I remember that being part of some of your sitcoms that you've sold and stuff was mm-hmm. about also taking care of your sister's kids, right? Yes. So how did that come about? So my sister was on crack at the time, and then I was coming out of the world of selling crack because my husband was a, a church guy, and he just the new Garrett was. Yes, he okay. just wasn't. He wasn't raised the way I was. So he was like, well, you know, just go get a job. And I'm like, get a job? Who who get a job? Why would you get a job with all this money out here? So <laughs> for love, I traded in the streets. And right after I traded in the streets, my sister was losing her kids. And the defect worker said, somebody don't come get them today. I have to put them in a home. And so my sister had four girls. And I was like, nah. I said, this is family. I don't want that to happen. So we, I went and got them. And for 10 years, I raised them. And so when you took the four kids into your house, with your kids, what were the ages when all six kids were in your house? Uh, well, the two oldest was the same age. I think there was around eight or nine because that's when I met my husband. Okay. My son was probably seven. My sister had a six-month-old. She had a one-year-old. Six months old, she had a, about a, a baby about to turn two, and then she probably had a three-year-old. So we had babies, babies, and my husband had no kids at the time. And I now had, he has six. Well, at the time, yeah. at, at the time he had six. Wow! And so, and you never had any more kids yourself. Yes, I had two by my husband. So then you had two with Garrett. Later on, I had two more. Okay, so then when you had the four kids, and your sister is not getting better, or no, what? she's not getting better. And at any point, was she calling you and wanting to see the kids or yes. being resentful? Mm-hmm. Or how was your relationship with her being that she was, you know, a drug addict and you're raising her kids? Uh, I don't have patience with people. You know, it's no problem with me saying fuck off. Mm-hmm. And for years, her, she she didn't see the kids. But where I went wrong at, I only had temporary custody because I always wanted to give my sister her kids back. Right. When, you know, when she was able and ready. And she found out that I had temporary custody. I never turned it over to permanent custody. And she came and got them. And they all on drugs now. So now, oh. fast forward to 2023, I'm raising one of the kids who I raised. I'm raising her four kids because she's on drugs. And I've had them now for 10 years. Her baby was, oh, I think a month, not even a month old when I got her. Well, this is exactly what you talked about, the curse. Yeah, the generation So that curse. child... So after the 10 years, then they went back to her. My sister's kids. Your sister's kids went mm-hmm. back to her. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they were preteens, teens? They were preteens. They was in high school, good grades and everything. And they all just got on drugs. And, and how did you feel about them going back to her? Were you, like, relieved or were no, you worried? No, I was very hurt because I, I knew how my mama raised us. And my sister was a lot like my mother. And at first I started to fight it. 
And then everybody was like, oh, you know, you should give her her kids back. And I was like, y'all know this girl is not capable of taking care of her kids. You know she, and I used to tell my brothers, I said, you know, she's going to do the same thing to those kids all mama did to us. And so, you know, at the, I, I didn't get any support from the family. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go live my life. From my whole life, I've been here trying to save my family. Yeah. So I said, fuck them. And I just walked away and I let her have her kids. So every now and then I would bump into them. Um, uh, my niece, who was a really good track star, ended up immediately getting pregnant. Then... Uh, the other ones got And if pregnant. she was with you, if she would have stayed with you, she probably would have gone on or gone on to play for, a, you know, college or something. I mean, would have well, run or something. We had plans. We had plans. Yeah. You know, she was a senior. We was filling out college applications when her mama came back. Oh, my gosh. What a heartbreaking. So when she left and she got pregnant, you know, the struggle was real. I just cut them off. Because sometimes, you know, you have to, sometimes you have to remove toxic situations out of your life. If not, then you become toxic. So I just said, that's it. You know, fuck them. And that was, let's say I know my niece dropped out of school. My niece got pregnant at 11. 11? 11 12. (gasps) And um, I remember because my sister called me and said, that the school was mad because she's so fucking dumb. The school was mad because she gave the kids in the sixth, because her daughter was birthday was late and she was held back. And I think she was in the sixth or seventh grade pregnant and she gave our baby shower invitation. And I was like, are you fucking stupid? This is not a, this is not a birthday party. <laughs> so I just continue to remove them out of my life. And then I was in Atlanta one day and because all of them had kids, one of them went to jail for abusing the kids, and it's all oh. kind of crazy shit. Make a long story. So it's short. like every time, so you're just like doing your own thing, and then your phone rings. Yes. And you're like, and they're they're like, can we please speak to? And you're just like, oh shit, uh, I know this much. is this is something. Well, they was always they would they started to call, and I just I just really removed myself from them. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody. Now at this point, when the sister takes over the kids, are you? How, do you have a career in comedy yet? Uh, comedy is just now kicking off. I'm trying to be a comedian. And but, does the sister know that? Yeah, she knows that. And is she like, go girl, or is she like, oh, you think you're all that? Uh, they didn't think it was serious until okay. it got to this stage now. Okay. You know, they know. So you're not rolling in the money. You're just struggling like everybody else trying to be the good aunt. And you know, mom figure to all these kids. Yeah, no, I didn't. When they was with me, I didn't. Have, I didn't have nothing. Okay, you know, I'm on welfare. I'm on based on your income housing. I'm working, and I'm just doing things to get by. And then comedy come along, and I find something, and it comes along right after my sister take her kids. So okay, sometimes you got to be still and let God guide you. I was heartbroken. I mean. I I don't use the word depression because the word depression is too strong because when you use that word, your mind controls the body and how the body feels. So if you speak that, the body will start to feel that. But I was heartbroken because I knew where I was trying to break a generation of Christ, I mean Christ, generation of curse of high school dropout, teenage pregnant molestation. My sister Uh. just threw her kids back into that pit. So my daughter and my niece was the first two to graduate in three generations. 
And I just said, I'm going to focus on my own kids. Because for, so for that part of my life, I had focused on saving family members along with my kids. And then, you know, I was fucking, I was neglecting my own kids. Mm. So I went ahead and I raised my kids. And, and I always had the family that I wanted to have. And I just didn't talk to them. And then fast forward 10 years ago, I'm riding in Atlanta. And I get a phone call. And my niece tell me she needs Pampers for her baby and she pregnant with another baby. She had four kids. She had three outside the stomach and one inside. And I don't even think she was 20. And my other niece who I raised, she's 22 she got seven kids. So, and I asked her where she was at and no lie, I was right at the exit where she was at. So I went to this drug infected area and dropped out some pampers and milk. And I just said, Lord, you're not about to trick me into this bullshit again. And I ended up having Christmas dinner with them. And I brought her home with her four kids back to my house. And, and this is only 10 years ago. So now you yeah. are, you've been successful for quite a while. Well, yeah. So I get these kids. Yeah. And my career is starting to take off. I go on tour with Cat Williams and stuff. And and make a long story short, I was going to get these kids. To, she run off and leave me with these four kids. So she comes to Christmas. With she moves four- in with me in Indiana. Okay. It's, I'm helping her get off drugs. She, I put in a drug. This is my niece. A drug rehab. Her baby daddy's in jail for armed robbery. Ugh. I'm like, I teach her how to drive. I buy her a car. I help her get an apartment. I help her get a job. She makes supervisors. I'm putting in a GED program. Everything to make her life right. And she said, I'm missing something, which is drugs. And she get back on drugs. What and was her drug? I don't Everything. You name it. She was okay. doing it. She just leave me with these four kids. I tell her, come back and give me full custody. And she said, no, because, you know, they're my kids. I don't want to give you full custody. I said, Lord, I'm putting them in the fucking foster care. And I tell this bit on stage and God whispered in my ear and said, keep them. And I got you. My whole career took off. Within that year. I have chills right now. <laughs> within that year. Were you really on stage and you really felt a voice? I felt the voice. It was a warm voice in my right ear. And it said, keep them. Because I said, I can't do this. I said, I'm trying to have a career. I'm trying to do something right. And I got four fucking kids. And, you know, my daughter was getting ready to go to college. She wanted to go to an HBCU, which is a, a historical black college. Yeah. And, you know, my, we're living in Indiana. My daughter done applied to Howard. She done applied to other major. And she got accepted. And so when the, my career starting to take off. And my, so you my, feel like everything is just like finally in place yeah. and it's like you're living like a normal person yes your and kid is now your daughter is about to go to college and how old was your other child at my that point? other child was in, uh he, he was she was 17 so he was 16 he probably in the 10th grade okay so and like so, life is finally getting easier they're self-sufficient you're not raising any babies well, and no then i got think, my nieces there with the no no kids. but i'm saying mm-hmm. like so that you're like okay and then you hear that no keep them so then what happened and so when i when i when i said well we can't put him in the foster home. We'd have had this baby for six months. You love this fucking baby. Right, of course. You know, she didn't ask to be here. We saw this baby come off drugs. We saw this baby do... Now, you know, how old are the niece's kids that you're... Um, at the time, it was a six-month-old baby, a two-month, a two-year-old girl, uh, and a boy and a girl that was six, mm. five or six. So I said... Uh, it was a girl five and a boy six. So I said, you know... All well, little, just, yeah. All little. So yeah. I left him at my house, so I said, you know what? I'm going to keep them, but I don't know how. So since I'm a convicted felon, make a long story short, the state of Indiana said you don't qualify for anything. Because you got caught for selling drugs? Yeah, because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, ex-drug dealer. So okay. I'm a convicted felon. So they said, well, if you took my niece's kid, they'd have gave you $750 or $900 per child. Since it was me and I was a family member, they only gave me two hundred, I mean $310 for four kids. 
No a food stamp. A month. No food stamps. No childcare. Nothing. Nothing. I couldn't get anything. So to get food stamp, I had to put my whole household on that. Well, my husband worked at General Motors. I wasn't going to do that. I, I worked my ass to get out the system. I wasn't going back for these kids. So I said, fuck it. So make a long story short. Um, Don't make it short. This well, is so interesting. <laughs> well, and sad, I, but but no. inspiring too. Like I want to know. Like I I appreciate you telling no, 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 how no. you you know would change your mind and know that you're you know doing the right thing is well, going to reward you. You have to believe that you know everything happens for a reason. Why God took those four kids and placed them in my life. I realize it now, but at the beginning, I was pissed off. So, you know, I, I don't have permanent custody. Nobody's trying to give me permanent custody. So my mind said, well, go apply for temporary custody, right? Because she didn't leave. She just left the kids, and they came to the house and said, well, you got food in the refrigerator. You can take care of the kids. Well, no, I can't if I don't, got, I don't have no way of talking and speaking for these kids. So I go. I literally, I go to the courthouse to get temporary custody. I go in front of a judge. He hit the mic and said, I am a fan. Because I did a popular show, Bob and Tom. You know Bob and yeah, Tom yeah. and the Young. And he said, well, do you want permanent custody? And I said, yes. And that day I got permanent custody. And people was like, how the fuck did you get permanent custody? I said, God placed me in front of the right judge who understood my situation. Totally. Who, who who wanted these kids to have a future. So now the kid, the youngest is 10 years old. It won't shut the hell up, but I love her to death. Okay. And the old, I have two ninth graders and I have a seventh grader. And they're thriving. They're great. That is awesome. Now, where is the mother? Selling pussy in the West End of Atlanta somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but she doesn't reach out. Well, um, what no, about like in the day of social media? Like she doesn't. I don't put them on social media. They don't have a phone. I know, but she doesn't try to like DM you or no. find you. or mm -hmm. she she, wear she's not where She's not trying to. Well. I'm a no-nonsense person. I don't play no games. I'm 51 years old. Hell, I don't have time for this shit. You're not going to come here with your crackhead stories and try to play with my emotions. Leave them alone. Just leave them alone. You saw what happened when your mama stepped back in your life. So let's break this cycle and leave these kids alone. Let them grow up. If they decide to come back and let you be their mama, then you can be their mama. They know who their mama is. They call me auntie. They only yeah. call me mama when they want something. Or they introduce me as their parents. So, you know, nobody got to really know um, our business, but right? They know I'm they they, they grand aunt or whatever the hell I am. I'm they I don't know what aunt I am to them. Yeah, I guess I'd be a grand aunt. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't try to. I don't. We don't discuss their mother. We don't discuss their father. All I'm here to do is love you and give you the foundation to start off of, a solid foundation to start off of something that I never had. Now, what happened with Garrett? What, I'm still married. Oh, I thought you said I was married for 31 years. No, I'm so married 31 oh, years. Oh, you're she still? Oh, good. I'm glad. I, I, the whole time I was getting waiting for the sad part of when oh, Garrett, no. after everything he's done. No, I wouldn't trade him in for the world. Oh, good, good. No, I'm yeah. still married. Okay, great. No. Okay, so then you start doing stand-up, and I feel like... How long? I feel like you've been popping for like what, like fifteen years? That we're like, <laughs> we're like, what was your first series? I remember reading that you had a series. Maybe it was just a pilot, but I remember reading like what your pilot was about, about how taking in the four kids and all yeah. this stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really. I'm excited. This is interesting. Um, yeah. So I did. I did Joe Rogan. And I did Mark Maron, and I'm not lying. When I tell you they released those podcasts within the same week, Hollywood came knocking. 
And they was like, we want this is a TV show. And I met like six or seven studios. And I ended what up. What year is this now around? Mm, I don't remember. Five years ago. Only five? Well, nine years ago. Nine years ago. No, I think it's more longer than that. Yeah, I think it's more like 10 or something. Yeah, it's like 10 now because it took five years to get on TV and I'm going into the fourth season of it. Oh, okay. So um, I went through a couple couple production companies and, you know, my my Fox, I landed at Fox, which was good, everybody thought. Yeah. And then went through two writers and, and it was Lee Daniel and Ron Howard project and so you know Hollywood you don't get three chances to develop no sitcom they no. throw your ass out the door but for some reason I got three chances and so it had to be Gus saying hold on I got this person for you but that, I haven't developed them right so all while I go through these two writers it's a young kid named Jordan E. Cooper sitting somewhere in his last year of high school getting ready to go to college and he's going to his college for fine art here in New York and he ended up getting on the same agency that Lee Daniel was with and when they threw the show out the second time Lee asked Fox give her one more chance we got something here make a long story short this he said I got this kid I'm gonna go to the street I found this kid Jordan e. Cooper and this kid studied me so hard I mean and he's he, only like a, a freshman in he's college only like 21 22 he just finished no he, he was in college just last year wow he, he already graduated so Lee was and like, he's a writer okay just drop out you I said boy don't drop out finish your college degree you don't wait this many years so in his last year of college we're writing we, we're trying to develop the show we take it over to Fox and Fox is like so he studied he watched all your stand-up specials everything okay yeah but Fox said this boy ain't never developed nothing how are we gonna let him come in and develop a show? This is Fox. He's 21, 22. No. So as we're looking as Ron as Ron Howard Company and Fox is looking for another our third writer, I tell the kid, I say, look, boy, they're never gonna hire you. They're lying to you. Let's write a pilot. And if it don't work, I just say I wrote the pilot. So we up for a week straight, putting this thing together. Cause he he kind of had it in his head. And I just gave him, you know, I gave him the I gave him the vehicle. He had he was already had the drivers. He had to be had I had already had to show cast, to be honest with you. We get it together, we writing this pilot, we going back and forth. We eight days in, I said, Lee Daniel, I want you to read something. And he's like, uh, what do you want me to read? And he's like, yeah, you need to get stop trying to write stuff. We already getting you writers. But as I'm talking to these production companies, which is Ron Howard Company, they was like, we got four more writers for you to meet. I'm like, right, motherfucker, right, right, hurry up, right. <laughs> so I take Lee. And he's like in college, still like going to classes. Yes, and going then to writing classes, the sitcom. We That's night. amazing. We're writing the sitcom. That's amazing. I handed over to Lee Daniel. He read it. He called me back. He said, who the fuck wrote this? And I said, me. And he said, no, you didn't. Everything is spelled right. <laughs> and so <laughs> I tell him the kid that he brought to me wrote this. And he couldn't, Foxham couldn't believe it. They was like, okay, he can write the pilot. So we, we 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 had pretty much wrote the pilot. Wow. And not only did we write the pilot, we had the whole first season planned out had they picked it up. And so you shot it? We no you actually, filmed it or what actually, happened? We we they switched the character. They allowed me to be me more. Okay. So with that, my sitcom is the first to do that type of like cussing, really pushing the envelope, I believe. Yeah. So they was like, well, we can't show this on network. And so the, the co-creator was like, well, let's take it to a streaming service. Hulu bought it. And <laughs> Hulu buys it and said, hell no. 
It's too, this is too edgy now. No, well, or I just don't think, I think some people at Hulu wanted it, but their decision making didn't understand what it, to, what it was like to be a black mom in America. They didn't think people like me existed because they never interact with a Miss Pat before. But it's a whole audience out there for that type of mom. You know, blunt, honest, set your black ass down. Don't, me, don't make me slap your white. You know, I say yeah. all kind of shit on my show. So I just think that they didn't think it was a market or or an audience for that. And then they let it loose. Be, they dropped it. i never forget how the, I was going on stage, sold out in Raleigh, North Carolina. I get a phone call, Lee Day. You can hear the crackling in his voice. He said, Hulu didn't pick you up. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, but I'm sold out. I got to go. He said, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. Not one time in my heart did I not believe that they would pick up that show. Somebody. Two months goes by, BET Plus would like to do your show. And I said, what the hell is BET Plus? And so my co-creator, was he knew everything about TV. You know, if it's a streaming service that was new, he knew about it. And he's like, oh, my God, they got less than a million followers. We're going to die over there. And I said, one thing I know about life from selling crack all the years that I sold it, if your product is good, the people will come no matter where the fuck you at. Let me tell you something. You got some crackhead that will climb to the moon to get what they want. And I'm just being honest. And so we we created this show, went over to BET. They released it. Bam. It shut the app down. Because so many people were so subscribing people and watching. That is so awesome. Yes. And so now that show is... is my sitcom. Is a sitcom. Based off of my life. And you filmed that in Atlanta? Or? I filmed that in Atlanta. Awesome. So that's close. So it's like you can just go out of your door and go to the studio and... Do you do it in front of a live audience we or do a single it in front camera? Of a live audience, which uh, a lot of people got away with, away yeah. from. But no, baby, we have a party. When I yeah. tell you people are lined up to come see Miss Pat show tape live, and I think we're the only one that's doing it in Atlanta. Right. So we we taped the pilot in L.A. and we just took everything that we learned from L.A. over to Atlanta, which was a little hard in the beginning because they don't shoot live shows and people are not used to coming to see live sitcom shot like that. Yeah. But it worked. I mean, the third season was popping. We was turning people away. Amazing. And now you have another show. Yes, I'm a judge. And so tell us about that because I love this. So it's called Miss Pat Settles It. So after the Miss Pat show was pretty successful, um, my agents and thing, we started to talk with Viacom and BET. And I ended up getting the overall deal over there. And because I just, I like being at Viacom because they understand who I am. Mm -hmm. And they allow me to create in my voice. They don't try to strip me of my voice. So I signed a two-year deal over at Viacom. And my 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 deal was to bring them more shows. So I brought them the court show. And I said, hey, I got an idea, but I think it should be somebody else. And they was like, no, nah, what about you? And I said, what you mean, what about me? I'm a convicted felon. They was like, I said, I can't be a judge. I've been to jail. They was like, oh, it's TV. You can be Jesus. So <laughs> I, I taped it, and I was like, oh, I like this. So and people come in with, like, a people's court. Is there like a real case? Court. Yeah, and then you kind of think, feel, so, like, what are some of the cases? Tell me one case that you got to decide who should get what. Well, this one black lady went to her friend. She wanted a Farrah Fawcett haircut. 
Farrah Fawcett. Okay. You know, everybody want to look like Farrah Fawcett. And I don't want to know why these plus-size women thought they could look like Farrah Fawcett, but she cut the wig up like Joe Dirt. <laughs> oh, she brought the wig to be to be styled. To be styled and okay. color like Farrah Fawcett. Okay. And when I tell you she chopped that bitch up like it had been through a blender. <laughs> so it's, it's it, And what was crazy, because I didn't know it was real cases and real people. So when I said, oh, I'm going to give you $5,000, but I'm going to give you extra two thousand dollars because you cried and they was like you you messing up the budget i said what are you talking about they said miss pat this real money i said this shit real <laughs> you didn't even know that till no. you were actually filming so i was actually filming just giving out money oh my god that's hilarious yeah. i i love that um okay so i want to ask you a little bit since you're in atlanta i am a big housewife fan have you had any dealings with the Real Housewives of Atlanta? Do you know any of them? Have I, you ever like <laughs> popped in for a scene or anything? I just uh, did some promo with Nene. Love her. Uh, yes, I do too. And uh, Candice, I see Candy all the time. Candy's the best. Yes, but uh, who is, I don't really, I bump into them at parties and stuff, but I've never really watched the Housewives. Oh, Okay. So I'm yeah. not I'm not a reality type TV right, yeah. person. I'm my background. Well, I mean, those are the two, Candy and Nene, like they are like, well, Nene, you know, pursued acting and everything before and then since she's acted. So she's in the professional realm. And then of course Candy is too. So like you know, the other ladies are just, you know, really housewives, you know, that, that got on the show. So yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so I bump in, I see everybody at, you know, nice or out, you know, whatever. I'm right. in that little circle now. So if I go to an event, you probably see most of them. Yeah, I love it. And now I want to ask you, what do you think? Now, I am going to buy Jada's book today. I'm going okay. to the bookstore because I want to read it myself. And I also want to listen to the audio because I'm hearing all the clips about Jada and Will. And you're probably seeing all the clips, too, of the things that she has said. And so I just want to give, get your opinion of them in general. What do you think is going on? Um, I don't know what's going on. I tell people all the time, mind your damn business. If you mind your damn business, I got other stuff going on. My husband got diabetes. He passed gas at night. He snored really loud. I don't give a damn about no Jada and Will. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm hoping she's doing all of this to make this book a bestseller. No, she she, I think she is. And I mean, she, I'm buying the book too. Let me tell you yeah. something. I'm buying the book and I don't even read no damn book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, def I'm definitely reading the book. Um, no, I mean it's just she's dropping, you know, a lot of things that are that seemed nobody a cares about. She was up here talking about uh, what you call like alopecia. The man been dead for over twenty years. Tupac. He, she he said Tupac had head. alopecia too. Yeah, he ain't even got a head no more. <laughs> are you what she also said? I forgot to say this because I talked about this on my show. Do you know that like Willow, the daughter of she and Will? Wrote some letter to Pac, to Pac, to, to, to Pac, and say, please come back down from heaven so my mommy can be happy. And Will was aware of it. Well. That is like, I just feel bad for Will. So Heather. It's, and it's, then other people say, I shouldn't feel bad well, for Will. Well, it's obvious you never had any good black dick before. <laughs> <laughs> it, you are 100% correct. When you get good black dick. I haven't dick, had any. <laughs> well, when you get some good black dick, you will be writing Jesus too to bring them good black dicks back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, obvious Willow knew what Tupac had put on her, her mama, and she wanted to see her mama grin. And I tell people all the time, there's a difference between thug dick and educated dick. They don't run in the same circle. 
what's the difference of the circles? One I'm pound you, one I'm hunt you. <laughs> Wait, one will what? One pound you. Oh, one pound. Okay. And the other one goes gentle and slow. Wait, so which one is which? The one, the ghetto dick. The I ghetto is the pounder or the ghetto yeah, is the... The okay. ghetto is the pounder. Oh. oh that's good sex. When a guy oh, got a okay. tattoo, they, they, they can't read, they thugged out, and they can fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what about women who... Um, Fall in love with the guy behind the bars. I'm fascinated by that. They have a whole, they're, that's who they're seeking out. They visit them. They didn't know them even before they got in. What? What do you think of women like that? Women that do, they like having a boyfriend who's in prison. They feel they're going to save him. They go visit I him. I think them bitches are crazy. I mean, but they, you got to say, hey, they've been, they, they, usually the thugs when got some good sex, uh, Heather. They do. But I don't know. It's according to how long he been in jail yeah. for me. Because, you know, you don't want anybody to come down and, and just want to switch it back out because they're they on the other side. You know, some people some people like men that go both ways. I like my man that go one way. So, Oh, you mean some that are bisexual? Yes, bisexual. Yes. I always remember that one of my favorite Oprah's was the Down Low episode. Do you remember that one? <laughs> you don't no. remember the episode? I in Atlanta. This was... Like, so eye-opening. So Oprah had on all these black guys mm -hmm. who then were like, we're on the down low. That was the first time I ever heard the down low. And Heather. Yes, on Oprah. This, but this is like 20 years ago. This is a long time okay. ago. The height of Oprah. Like, you know. And they, um, they were like, look, we have wives, girlfriends, but we just like some... We like having sex with men, mm -hmm. but we don't want to be in a parade. We don't want to live a gay lifestyle. We're just on the down low. And I just wrote, and I'm hearing these women's stories about how they never knew. And then they came home one day and what fucking. they're seeing. And I'm like, and I guess it was because for this age of men, which now these guys would be, you know, 56 years old, it was just so unaccepted to be gay. To, to be to, gay. No, only to, only, see, no. It's only it was only to be unaccepted to be gay to people who wasn't gay. If people were minding their fucking business, it would have never been unacceptable. Right, right. I never gave a fuck about nobody being gay. Yeah. I gave a fuck about my own vagina. I can only keep up with my vagina. I can barely keep up with when the hell get to growing and look like the gap band down there. So I can't be worried about nobody else. That's the problem exactly. of society. We too we too busy worrying about anybody. All you gotta do is be happy. Right. If you were, if you're happy, you can't notice what other people is doing. You're only noticing shit because you're miserable. Yes, and you, exactly. And, you, and the stuff that you're noticing is somebody else's happiness. That's why you got an opinion. And that's what's wrong with the world. Jada and, Pitt, Jada and Will, Will been switching out each other for years. Yeah. Why is everybody shocked? Well, she said they're not. She said all those rumors about them being swingers and gay and... Um, open marriage, whatever, was they, not true until seven years ago when they said they when they said we're separated. Then she got with her son's friend. Yeah, and then and I can uh, understand why. Did you not see his penis? August, it was huge. How did you see August's penis? In some draws on Instagram, right? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a photo of him like walking across the street and you see it? No, it ain't that kind of dick, Heather. Oh. <laughs> fuck you think we got black men got cow dicks <laughs> no white and there's times when you get a guy whether it's john ham who's white or anybody of any ethnicity mm. 
and they're wearing a certain kind of pants, yes, and you can you really see thing. it yes, through yes. the clothes. Did you see it naked or through the clothes? I think I saw it through the clothes. Okay, and it looked yeah. big. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't even hard. I mean, but you you a middle aged woman, right? Yeah. Hey, come on, Will Smith is fifty two, fifty five, maybe. He ain't doing what Olga Agostino doing, whatever his name. He ain't doing <laughs> what he doing. Okay, so yeah. let's just keep it real. I can understand why she jumped on that bike. It had both wheels. A fifty five year old man got a flat somewhere. <laughs> I love your analogies and expressions. Yeah, that is really what like makes your comedy, I think, so funny and unique. I mean, some uh, you married sometimes to keep the, the 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 spice. You gotta you gotta reminisce. Ooh, Lord, I remember when nineteen ninety two. Then you start imagining that person. Yeah, you know, and he's a, and all of a sudden you hollering. He's like, "Why are you hollering? You like you looking like oh, it's you." That never happened to you? Don't say it. Well, I've been married 23 years. Yes. Okay. Well, we go yeah, I've been going. married 23 years, but, you know, listen, I'm watching The Golden Bachelor. I don't want to be on it. So now I'm like, I'm happy. Yes. I'm happy, you know, but there's times when your friends are getting divorced and they're getting some fresh dick and you're hearing the stories at the dinner <laughs> and you're then you come home to the man in the lazy chair or whatever and you're like but in the end you know as long as you have a good man that's what's so important but yeah. that's just all the truth of it you know i truly understand why middle-aged women are out dating older men i mean young younger men. yeah i can i can't do it because yeah. they 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 lazy they eat i have a 37 year old son i could never see me dating a 37 year old that's just not my thing yes plus they got too much energy for me I just want to lay down and look at TikTok. I don't want you rubbing on me. You know, yeah. you got to fix yourself up for him. You got to put on a good bra. You, it's hard to tell a 37-year-old why your titties are uneven. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to keep what I got because I don't have to explain stuff. My husband know how to untouch my navel, I mean my nipple from my navel. <laughs> a 37-year-old would know, why is that connected, boy? Pull it apart, okay? So I'm going to keep what I got. Too much instruction. Too much instruction. We're done, yeah. Oh, my gosh, so funny. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Now, you have a big tour with lots of dates. Yes, I do. It's called my first theater tour. Call Your Girl Done Made It. Oh, my God. That's what it's called? Oh, your girl done? Oh, I love it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So you're going everywhere. Minneapolis this weekend. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Washington, D.C. Oh, you said you're at the Howard Theater, did you say? Uh-huh, I have two I, shows at the Howard. I performed there. It's beautiful. I heard it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, that's in Washington, D.C. You're going to Philly, San Antonio, Houston, Atlanta, Chicago. Chicago is my favorite place to perform. Uh, Cleveland, Mad. Oh, look at all these new dates. Cleveland, Madison, San Francisco, Portland. Oh, fabulous. All you got to do is go to misspackcomedy.com. Do, do you remember where you are in San Francisco? I just came from there. Mm -mm. You know where I'm at in San Francisco? So tell everybody where they can buy the tickets and watch all the shows and uh, follow Ms. you. MissPatComedy.com for your Girl Done Made It tour. But please tune in uh, October the 18th. BET at 10 p.m. I will be their first judge. Yes. Miss Pat settles it. Yes, you look so pretty there, too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you came. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes.